Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. It is Senior Bowl week. I am down here. Actually, I'm up. I'm actually up compared to where I was in Florida. I'm up in Alabama. I'm feeling good. Uh, first practices are today when you're listening to this, so make make sure to hit me up. I mean, I'm going to be putting some good stuff out there. Justin, what's going on, my man? Bobby Skinner, you've had such a busy weekend. I can't describe how busy you have been this weekend in Alabama. Your first weekend in Alabama, Senior Bowl week. You've done so many different things. I feel like you're downplaying that the Monday is slow. The Monday's slow, and you're trying to make fun of me because I haven't been able to do a ton today. Because no, of I think I think the most entertaining parts of your trip have come these last couple days. Well, I've only been here for a couple of days, so yeah. No, but I, I feel like when you look back on this trip, you're going to say the most happened on Sunday and Monday. Yeah, well, guess where the money's going to be made? Not Sunday and Monday. <laughs> um, you know, me me, me honking my horn and screaming Alabama at people does not make money. It's funny, but it doesn't make money. That makes money for Simple Man Radio. Yes, yes, for the eventual, eventual rise. Um, Justin, this episode was brought to us by two special people. Josh Nay. Like a horse. I used to be able to do a really good horse noise. I don't think I could do it anymore. Come and on, plus, you have to try. I'm, I mean, Justin, I'm right next to another room in the hotel. Doesn't don't, don't care. You walked into it. You you dug your grave. You have to lie in it. Oh, that was good. That was yeah. decent. I could do better. And then uh, the other one's Talzino. Talzino, all the way in Europe, somewhere in Europe. I forgot where exactly because I I wrote his envelope uh, a, a few days ago. But Talzino, who's been a big time supporter for a long yes. time, yeah, Talzino, big big soccer fan, foot football and football fan. Yes, who are these people, Justin? These two wonderful people went to Patreon.com/slash/TalkingGiants and they subscribe for two hours a month. They support us. They do a lot of fun things. They are arguably our favorite people, right? Maybe not even arguably. No, are they, they our favorite they, people? I mean, they're they're downright our favorite people. All right, so so if you want to be or if you want to be one of our favorite people, go to patreon.com slash talking giants two hours a month, you get to support us and you get to hang out with us. Uh, it's growing too. We almost yeah. thought about making a separate Patreon for like 
day oneers, but like you know what, that would be that would just be too hard, and then it would just it wouldn't be fair. It's like join our Patreon and don't be the exclusive group. So we're we're keeping it for you guys. Um, so yeah, we got the we're gonna do a running back review, which shouldn't take long. Um, out of all the groups, that'll probably take the the least amount of time. So we'll do that. Um, but I mean it's Senior Bowl week, so let's be. I mean we can BS a little bit. I mean I am really excited. Um for this upcoming week there's a lot of good players here justin i mean i think a lot has to do with the lack of combine the lack of visits going to be allowed because of uh corona i mean this is really it this is you know pro days are are, will be big but this is kind of it like where you get this contact with the coaches up close and personal i mean the Surratt guys are going to be here the entire alabama offensive line like landon dickers i don't know if landon's playing because of the injury but you have deontay brown alex leatherwood playing um mac jones like this there this is a might be the like the best senior bowl class to ever like come out yeah yeah and i i'm glad you talked about the importance of the senior bowl because i was wondering the same thing and i'm going to be interested to see what the vibe is like tomorrow maybe some people that you interview you know i you know i know you you may want to try between a split between players, maybe a, a media member here or there. But even if you don't interview somebody, like sit down, I would love to hear from a media member who is attending, like how important they think this event and this week is for these players. Because like you said, there is no combine. And I can imagine, you know, maybe attendance and pro days, especially depending on travel restrictions, right? You know, travel restrictions, think about New Jersey. You know, is Dave Gettleman going to be, and J- Dave Gettleman, Joe Judge, are they going to be going to as many pro days as they would? Because then you come back and you and you have to quarantine. So I wonder what the whole deal is about what, how, how where they're going to be going to the pro days and just how important this senior senior week, senior bowl week, is compared to years past. Yeah, I mean, pro days happen around the same time too, so you'll be picking and choosing even, you know, if, even if you're not talking about like, you know, quarantining and stuff this is where you really have all the guys in one spot i mean there's there's going to be a ton of players taken in day one and day two from this place um i think day two day three might is going to be a it's going to be a ton of senior bowl guys over 100 uh, over 100 players i'm excited just i've been watching film um like i tried to put together a list of like people i i i'm looking forward to watch and it's like it's, it would be like four tweets long i mean i'm just excited to see all these players so I mean I, I I'm pumped, and then the flight here was kind of was fun too. Yeah, talk talk about that. I, I would like to hear about that. Well, if you didn't see on Twitter, I flew in like a propeller plane, which I didn't even know yeah. they did anymore. Like I thought like there you was think only, it's only flight school. Yeah, I thought there was three types of planes. I thought there was the big ones like that, you know, like Southwest and stuff use. I thought there was personal, you know, um, private jets, and then I thought there was the tiny ones that like people train in. There's a, there's a different one. There's it's called Silver Airways. And it was this like little pink plane. Um, and I literally had to bend over, like walk. I mean, I'm a tall guy, but I was having to bend over walking through there. Uh, and it was hot because they didn't have a Segway that went into it. So it was like you walked up in from the ground. I mean, it was, it was, it was an experience. Not complaining, right? No, not complaining. I would it's never complain. Listen, I'm a simple man. I, I will ne- not complaining. The fact that, you know, I can fly from, pl- you know, point A to point B, I'm a. I- Listen, I, I am I am pleased with that technology, but I, I I wasn't I won't lie I was I was sweating a little bit to you know start the first ten minutes and then you get rolling and they close the door and you're good. I can also imagine traveling 
alone through this experience. Like, at least, like, if you had a family member with you, if you had a friend with you, it's like you can laugh about it. I can imagine traveling alone. There was a, there was a bit of a, there's a bit of humility to that. It's like, oh, I'm here and I'm experiencing this. Yeah. Traveling alone, traveling alone is kind of weird. You feel like you're like on a mission. The worst is I, after I graduated high school, we went, we had some friends that lived in the Cayman Islands. So we went down there, but I was leaving, er, I was leaving early because I had to, I had to like attend like this, you know, an off season, like college program. Um, so I left like three days before my, my friends did and they got me wasted like 10 minutes before we went, like before I had to fly and sure being 18 years old, drunk out of your mind, trying to get your way through the Cayman Islands airport. It was I'm surprised I got to my plane, is basically what I'm saying. Well, my question is, how did you do while you were on the plane and somewhat somewhat out of it? Not not getting through the airport, like on the plane when you're changing altitudes. How did, how did that sit in your stomach? I mean, I was fine. I mean, I was 18, so you could handle anything at that point. I mean, that was back before. Like, I didn't, I didn't have, like, headphones, nothing. It's just you sit on, on the plane. Um, and then came in anyways. It's pretty ghetto, too. Like, the two drinks were on the way there were punch and rum punch. Yeah, they were, and they weren't in their original like cartons. Like they, they like put them in milk jugs. It's on, well, it's on brand. If you're going, if you're going to the islands. Oh, Cayman Islands is awesome. I and mean, like we had friends that lived there, so all we had to do was pay for. And like their parents like were cooking for us every night, so we all we had to do was pay for flights and booze. It was it was a fun time. <laughs> I'm getting drunk on a plane. I can't believe that's a song. That's that's like it's a great no, song. No, it's not. It's a horrible it's a song. Great song. It's a horrible, <laughs> horrible song. Um. That's what you were doing on the plane. You were buying drinks for everybody. I've never had a beer on. I've never had a drink on a plane before. But you've been drunk on a plane. Yes, but I've never had drinks on a plane. So Dirk Spentley, you identify with him. I haven't even Some listened way. to that song in full. It's so disgusting. <laughs> um, so is there anything else from my trip that is worth mentioning? Oh well, what about the your your bathroom encounter? Oh yeah, before we right before we got on the plane, like the airplane bathroom. I'm walking in behind this guy, and he he just lets out a, man, someone dropped a bomb in here. And I was like, dude, like, I credit you for having the balls to make that joke, because that is, that's ballsy to make, like, that's, that could ruin, that joke could ruin your day, but he did it for a chuckle, and like, that's, that's my, that's my type of guy. Like, I was sitting there just giggling, like, taking a piss in the urinal, like, like, this guy is my type of guy, just, just, just couldn't help himself but risk that joke in the airport. I mean, I'm right behind him, the guy had no idea, like, you know, like this guy has no idea if I'm going to like snitch on him or just like grab him from like the behind and, and choke him. It's like someone dropped a bomb in here. <laughs> so my, my type of guy. When you first told me this story, I thought you were describing this in the plane. And somebody was walking out of the bathroom saying, Foof. no, no, that would be way <laughs> too ballsy. I would be like, what? I was, I, I was like, whoa, really? Every time I don't know I, if I would go into that bathroom. Meet the parents has every time I'm on a plane, I just think in my mind, like be really funny if you said bomb. Like <laughs> really fun. Like it's not funny, but it would be funny, you know. How loud have you said it before? Like what uh, oh, on the way to the Cayman Islands, me and my friend played the bomb game and the loudest was like bomb. Bomb. Like we I mean, no one could hear us, basically. Right. You know. Sure. It wasn't like, you know, we're in yeah, no one, no, no one could hear us. Um, no. I've been beating the crap out of the rental car, which has been fun. Yes. What uh, what 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 brand? What do we got? We got a Nissan 
Mar, uh, I think it's a Mardona. Is that what it's called? I think it's Murano. Murano. Nissan Murano. I, I don't like all of Mardona. There you go. Nissan Murano. I mean, compared to my truck, I mean, I'm beating the piss out of that thing. I mean, it's fun. It's fun. Hey, as long as, what what's is is there a rule as long as you return it with uh more than a quarter tank? Is that the rule? No, you have to fill the tank up, I'm pretty sure. Oh boo. Yeah, you have to fill the tank up. Mm. Um and I'm fine admitting that because it's under my insurance, you know. If it was like John Boy Media has to cover it if I crashed it, it's fine. But I, it's you, under my insurance. You ever see Ferris Bueller? Ferris Bueller's day off? Yeah. It's like a you you and the Ferrari with those those two guys in the Ferrari. You're just taking it out for, for a joyride. Your Nissan, your I mean, Nissan I'm SUV. It around Alabama. S, yeah. Is it S S S S V U? That's a uh, Law and Order. Yep. Um. Any anything else Senior Bowl my time in Alabama related before we? Are get... you are you prepared? Like, do you have like a, a concrete plan of like what you're attacking? practice and what what you're looking where things are going to be no. or are you just going in and you're just like okay i'm here your advantage is that you're taller than everybody else so then you could see what's going well, on you have to be in the stands I, I i have an idea of what i want to do like i've mapped it out but i don't know if it's gonna work like my plan is find other people who are there by themselves try and be friendly with them um watch you know the i'd like to watch o-line d-line one-on-ones um and then watching the front seven and 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 uh, you know, like team team periods. Do you have um? Do you have a pass? I, I get those tomorrow today when you're listening. Oh, I'm very excited. Can you take a picture? I want to see it. I will. Please, I like um, burn it or something. Um, d- yeah, sure. You did find fireworks, also. Um, here's what I'm gonna. Oh, oh that's the clip. From one of my favorite clips of Dave Gettleman from the Senior Bowl last year is where he goes, "Oh, oh, great catch!" And then he, then he, the, it's the soft clap. And then he also had a soundbite that said, for a million reasons, Daniel was the right guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'll definitely try and get a picture of Dave Gellman and Joe Judge um, and, and tweet that out. Yes. That'll probably be the most interactive thing I get all week. Like, here's this linebacker making this play. It's like, picture of Dave Gellman. That'll, that'll yep. get it. But I'm not going to make, I'm not going to be like what most media people do and try to make some joke about like, being old school, I'm just gonna be like, here's here's Dave Gettleman, and I'll tag the Dave Gettleman account. Yeah, that's him, mm-hmm. Dave Gettleman. There's him, um, and then Joe Judge. Joe Judge, I'll think, probably make a joke about. Do you think walking up to Dave Gettleman and, and impersonating his voice would be a good idea? Well, one, I can't do it. Oh, no, tough. But I think I could. I would get. A, I know I would get along with Dave Gettleman if I had 30 minutes with him. What would be the Dave Gettleman line I would go up and I would say to him if I ever met him in person? Um, hmm. Something about no holds bad. Probably a classic. I'm going to have to think about that. I'm going to have to reflect on it. Next year. Next year you'll be here. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe, or, you know, maybe maybe Gettleman won't. We'll see. Um, Tough. Gettleman, I would enjoy, I would get along with Gettleman because I would, wouldn't it be looking to try and make fun of him, you know? It's true. Where everyone else is of- like looking, like he he's always thinking of like people trying to mess with them. I would just be like, dude, you can, you can let it fly with me, man. I'm gonna eat it all up. Dave Gettleman's an entertainer. I'm sorry, he is an entertainer. People get he's mad an entertainer. about that. People get, like I can't stand get, get mad at Gettleman for the moves he's made. Don't get mad at him for his personality. Like anyone who gets mad at him for his personality 
is lame to me. I agree. If I mean, like, if you saves, don't like his he moves, saves press conferences. If if you don't like it, like the decisions he's made, go after him. But his personality is fu- like funny. Like I'm not gonna like like the computer. Fu- like that's funny. So yeah, um, we should probably talk about the Giants a little bit before people tune out. Like I know this is a little bit of a different week, but let's let's get into it. Some news before we do the running back review. Our friend uh, Research Rick at CLT underscore NY, he pointed out that Stephen Brown, who is an offensive assistant who was with the Dallas Cowboys for four years and then came over with Jason Garrett, is no longer on the website. He's not on the website as as well as Gooch. And every other assistant that is there is still on the website. So I'm assuming he quit, was fired something, but uh, he's gone. So that means two out of the three Dallas guys are gone, Justin. Mark Colombo, Stephen Brown, and Jason Garrett's the only one left. Maybe Jerome Henderson you could count as a Dallas guy, but, you know, you don't really think about him as far as Dallas guys. No. He came from Atlanta. He he was in Dallas with Jason Garrett, too, though. One step closer. We're we're one step closer, Bobby Skinner. I mean, there's, you know, I don't have any Stephen Brown takes, but that's interesting. Like, that is interesting that, like, the only assistant that's gone is the Dallas guy and Stephen Brown. Like, that's interesting to me. Yeah, and re- really, this is the hope that I have for Jason Garrett. I said this on one podcast episode. I wanted to make a video of it. I never did. Um, the hope that you have for the offense, I'm not necessarily going to say Jason Garrett. The hope that you have for the offense is that Joe Judge is going to do that self-evaluation and self-scouting mm-hmm. that he said that he was going to do the moment he stepped into the building. Hence why he didn't say Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley's names for months. And then the self-scouting and the self-evaluation that he mentioned in his postseason presser. It's like, you know, I, I now need to take the time, the, the time of reflection. That's also why I like Judge. You know, he, he's a good communicator and he knows, he recognizes the importance of reflection and self-reflection. You know, I, I, maybe maybe there's something that I did that didn't work. Or maybe there was something that one of my coaches did that didn't work and he recognizes the importance of that. So that's the hope. The hope is that, Hey, we took that self-reflection period with Andrew Thomas. Joe Judge went in there, uh, reportedly did what he wanted to do with Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas looked a lot better. Um, Self-reflection period of, hey, Freddie Kitchens coming in here, calls a little bit better plays, but within the same game plan, uh, that kind of worked. Hey, let's maybe change that, and then we see the the good changes that Jason Garrett kind of made the final two weeks of the season. So, Yeah, there is a path to success for the offense in 2021. In yeah. fact, I, I'm going to make a video about that. Um, oh, the Giants. You're welcome. Offensive path to success. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you. I like that. Thank you for the idea, Justin Fennick. So that and that's you know Jason Garrett's not leaving. You know it's just it's but it is it is interesting. Why have the Texans not? And I'm being totally. I'm I'm actually being serious about this. They're hiring Eric Bieniemy. They're waiting for the playoffs to be over. Why have they not interviewed him though? Why would they? He's an experienced head coach that could give some general direction of where to go as a football team. Why not interview him? They're 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 not in, they're doing they're at the mercy of Deshaun Watson at this point. Um, running back review. We don't need to take a break before we get into it. I guess. Sorry no, if we if you don't like that we're BSing, but it's like there's nothing going on. We'll do the running back review at the end. You know now. But it's Senior Bowl week, so it's it's a it's a it's the first time a talking Giants member has been part of the media. So how about that? Yeah, um, this is also us, by the way. Like you know, talking Giants isn't just like 
talking giants. It's it's Bobby and Justin, and I, I I frankly enjoy these conversations where we can just kind of relax and shoot the breeze more than talking about Giants football, Giants football, Giants. Football. Me too, I and our diehards do too. But you got to think, seventy five percent of our audience probably isn't diehards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's I, crazy I, how people come to us to hear our thoughts on the Giants. Like, who would do that? <laughs> like, I mean, that's just the that's just that's just the way it is. Um, you know, I I, I like, but hey, I do get five requests for like I get to put like email like a top five like like first come first serve for interviews, which I think are one on one phone calls. I don't know. I'll I'll find out tomorrow or when you're listening. Um, so day one, I'm gonna interv- I'm gonna email. About Chaz Surratt, I'll probably do Noah Gray because that would be a great one to talk about Daniel Jones, uh, which would probably annoy him. Um, so send Tough. send me some other, tweet me some in the morning if you you gotta do it before um, ten a.m. because at ten a.m. I'm sending my email. So so uh, so do it. All right, let's do this running back review, Justin. I don't have any, you know, these other re- position reviews. I've I've done like this big picture thing. Here's what I'll say. Is that every running back that got more than carries than Saquon Barkley is a free agent? Every like Elijah Penny's a free agent. Uh, Wayne Gallman's a free agent. Alfred Morris is a free agent. Deion Lewis is a free agent. Saquon Barkley is the only running back under contract for this team, and we we'll talk about Saquon. But the, what the 2020 Giants running back group looks like probably won't look like the 2021 at all, uh, which we'll talk about with with each one of these guys' free agencies. Justin, let's start it with Saquon because this isn't a review. Um, he's five foot eleven, two hundred thirty-three pounds. He's twenty-four in two weeks. Um, obviously, he was the second overall pick in two thousand eighteen. One year left on his contract, and then the fifth-year option, which we'll assume gets picked up. Justin, if he stayed healthy, we'd be having the Saquon. We would be doing a Saquon got extended episode this sometime this offseason. Um, but because he missed bas- entire basically the entire year. Do you think there's any chance that a deal is done this offseason? Because I I don't think it happens. No. No. I don't think that's smart. Now, man, because you can look at it from this way, a massive gamble. And this is a massive gamble, and I don't think this is going to happen. I don't think this should happen. If he agrees to an extension with not a lot of guaranteed money and you know he, he takes the money – because he feels that he just wants it now because he doesn't trust that he can stay healthy. But that why would a player not bet on themselves and why would you know the second pick of the draft not bet on himself and, and try to invest in himself? Um, I don't know why he would do that. So I don't think yeah. that's a scenario. They I could explore. see him, though, also seeing you know running back contracts around the league and being like, hey, will you take what maybe the opposite? Maybe some more guaranteed money, but not as high as – as a you know, like a McCaffrey deal is, or, or something, yeah, you know, or or a, a year cut, something like that, because you know, we've seen it with running back contracts around the league, you know, um, you know, a lot of them aren't great, <laughs> you know. I mean, there's there's no denying that at this point. Um, that being said, which will will lead into the Wayne Gallman conversation, missing Saquon hurt the Giants in 2020. Like, I don't like to go like you know. I know, we've had this conversation, but like, well, what game did we lose? Well, you can argue maybe Chicago. There, there's close games where we'll talk about with, with Saquon's big playability. You know, you like to talk about explosive plays. Saquon got those. Um, the Pittsburgh game, his 15 carries for six yards wasn't because the O-line was blocking bad. It was because Jason Garrett was running, 
was not blocking the backside. Like it was, there was just no like. So he had no chance in that game. It wasn't just like, hey, can you make something out of this this not great blocking? It was like, hey, we're just not even blocking this backside end in Bud Dupree. And then Chicago had four carries, 28 yards, and then obviously tears the ACL, and, and he's done for the year. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think a contract gets done. Yeah, and I'm pulling something up right now. But the Giants this year in – Runs of 10-plus yards, at the at the rate in which they produce runs of 10-plus yards, they produced it 24th best in the National Football League. So that's, that's bottom quarter. It's top of the bottom quarter in the National Football League. But in 2019, if you give me, if you give me a moment, 2018 they were first. Pretty sure they were first. Like, Saquon just went off in 2018. But in 2019, even when Saquon Barkley missed a decent amount of time, they were, they were 24th too. Turns out they were 24th. I thought they were higher. I thought they were like 7th. But anyway, um, Saquon Barkley does produce uh, explosive plays at a pretty high rate. He was very good at it in 2018. He was even good at it in 2019. Not as high. Not as high, which, you know, it, it goes to the whole debate of, you know, how how sustainable is explosive plays in the run game, especially with the running back. Now, I would have loved to see how Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley would have worked together. Bobby, here's actually a question. Would we'll look we at the receiving seen... numbers for these running backs. But let, let's no, we'll even, we'll even, uh, let me ask this question first. Just stick to the running game for a second. Do we think Daniel Jones has as good of a rushing season, like we, we were forced to use him out of the read option just because there was nothing else working in the run game, and that was the only thing that was working, was Daniel Jones running the ball. Do we think we see that as often, or do we think we even see it at all if... Barkley is healthy. I think we see it maybe a little more. Teams I would are, hope so too. Teams yes. are biting. A, yeah, maybe not more, but I think it would have been around the same amount. The fact that they didn't do it in the first two weeks. I mean, I remember us talking about that. Like, you have this guy with these legs. You have teams crashing the backside in his run game and, and ruining your run game. And you're, you're the only team in the NFL besides, I think it was like maybe the Jets that hasn't done this yet. Like you're the only you're the only team. It was it was mind blowing. And then obviously, you know, we see a, a lot of big runs for Daniel Jones this year. So Saquon just makes that better. I don't know if they would have done it a more amount of times, but it, it would have made it better. Although, you know, you it probably couldn't have got much better than it was. I mean, Daniel Jones was leading, you know, the you know, QBs and yards per carry for a good chunk of the season. Yeah. The only thing about Saquon that I don't know, and the only thing that I'm really worried about and we're going to talk about this with Wayne Gallman, just how efficient he was with the ball in his hands. The Every rose has its thorn. The rose of Saquon Barkley is that he produces the explosive plays. He'll make uh, nothing out of really something. But the worry with Barkley is that he does spend a lot of time behind the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. He spends almost three... He spent in 2019 almost three seconds on average behind the line of scrimmage. And in an offensive line and in an offensive scheme, overall, at least to start the year was terrible. Like 30 uh, uh, by before Saquon Barkley was injured, 30% of the Giants rushing attempts were being tackled at or behind the line of scrimmage. That's that's insane. That's insane and you're not running the ball every play. So that just destroys uh, your offense and it destroys that drive. So my worry is especially seeing how successful Wayne Gallman was this year given his opportunities can Saquon Barkley be an efficient of enough running back to have a sustainable running game? Where, yes, we will get those big explosive plays, but can he be consistent enough 
so we can have a consistent running game. That's what he needs to improve on. Now, I want to move on because, you know, Saquon really didn't play this year. Yeah. Was there a lower post game for Saquon Barkley than week one, Pittsburgh? I mean, you have the 15 carries for six yards, and then TK rips him for his blocking, which his blocking is not great, but like, I I'm not gonna pretend he's like a putrid blocker. He's not. He's not a. He's not a great blocker. Um, thought the Jets might have been lower last year. Well, I mean they were missing most of the offensive line too against the Jets. And, and that was against Jamal Adams, the best pass rushing like linebacker safety in the NFL. You know. Yeah. Um, Nate Solder was out. Who were they starting at left tackle? No, they, they Nate Solder was playing. Remmers was out. Gates was at right tackle. And, oh, Nate Solder left, and they had Eric Smith at left tackle. Eric Smith, yeah. <laughs> um, that was that was a rough game. That's the game that Nick Gates was the backup center for. That was the first time yeah. Nick Gates actually snapped the ball with that week. That was the game that I really believed in Daniel Jones, by the way, because that offense somehow put up 27 points. But anyway, running backs. More points than that. They had four touchdowns in that game. Okay, let's talk about Wayne Gallman. Let's talk about the workhorse for the 2020 season. Six foot, 210 pounds, 26 years old. Was a fourth-round pick in 2017 out of Clemson. He's a free agent, which we can talk about. In this, this season, he had 147 carries, 682 yards, six touchdowns, 4.6 yards per carry, which is good. 21 catches for uh, 114 yards. So, I mean, he really was no impact in the receiving game. It was usually, you know, last-second checkdowns that got no yards. Um, he had a good year, and I was not a Wayne Gallman fan going into the year. I was like, you know, if you're going to put Deion Lewis as the number two, which, I mean – the game Saquon got hurt, Wayne Coleman wasn't active for. So, you know, I was big on the train of, like, bring in someone new. Like, try something new. See if you could get someone that's you know, can bring you something in the kick and the return game or more of a receiving back than Gallman. But this is where Gallman – Gallman needs that volume. Like, I've – you know, like, and that's why I don't think Gallman should come back next year, which I'll, I'll save that. But Gallman needs the volume because he has one cut – and go. He's going to find the hole and hit it as hard as possible. Sometimes stopping himself from big plays. Like, he's kind of the anti-Saquon. Where there's plays where I watch this. Like, man, if, if Gallman trusts this pulling guard or this blocker, this play is 10, 20 yards. Um, and the fact that he just he doesn't break those one-on-one tackles, you know, at, at the second, third level. Um, you know, he'll run through guys, which is, he did his job. But I think where you miss Saquon isn't like, oh, if we have Saquon this game. It's where the seven, eight times where Gallman gets past the linebacker and he's one-on-one with a safety and the safety makes a tackle. And you're like, oh, if he just makes that tackle, he's gone. And that's the difference between Saquon and a guy like Gallman. So he did his job. Um, I'm happy with Gallman's 2020 uh, season. Uh, you could argue he you know, he was the MVP for this team. I, you know, Me and you went different ways with our, our 2020 offensive MVP. But he did his, he did his job. So I'm not, I'm not mad at Gallman for being who he was and doing – being what he was to the best of his ability. What I loved about Wayne Gallman is that his efficiency as a running back this year and his production as a running back this year was not reliant on volume. You see a lot of times in the NFL, I think Zeke has been overblown as a running back in the National Football League because he is dependent on volume. He is not an efficient running back. And you can make it, you know, I don't want to make the argument for that in Saquon Barkley in 2019, but if you're a believer in DVOA, football outsiders DVOA, um, defense value over average, it basically measures efficiency. There's there's a metric for quarterbacks, there's a metric for running backs, there's a metric for wide receivers. Saquon Barkley was 19th in the National Football League in DVOA. He had a lot more carries. He had, I think he had almost 100 more carries than Wayne Gallman did this year. 
But Wayne Goldman finished 11th in DVOA amongst all running backs this year. He was 12th, I believe, in... Yes, he was 12th in defensive yards above average, um, which basically means, think of war, the wins above replacement stat in baseball. You know, how how much is a running back producing above what they're kind of expected to do, expected from their replacement level? Wayne Gallman was 12th in the National Football League this year, and he did not receive a lot of carries compared to the top running backs in the National Football League. In terms of his next-gen stats with the player tracking data, the NFL Next Gen has the their efficiency metric. Wayne Gallman, according to NFL Next Gen, was the most efficient running back in the National Football League this year. In terms of time behind the line of scrimmage, he was third least in the National Football League. He spent the third least amount of time behind the line of scrimmage on average, 2.51 seconds. Reminder, Saquon Barkley spent on an average of 2.89 seconds behind the line of scrimmage this year. He was really, really efficient. He took what was in front of him, and Bobby... I really hate to say it, I am the kind of guy where I want my passing game to be the most explosive part of my offense, and if we're going to run the ball, I do not want to take negative losses in the run game. Give me four yards per pop, and let's have the running game move forward consistently versus the once out of every maybe ten attempts that may go for somewhat of a big gain, and then the rest of the nine attempts are negative to no gains. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... I mean, it's not as black and white as that, where it's like Saquon gets every 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 tackle is a tackle at the line of scrimmage, and then there's one big play. But with a guy like Saquon and any running back who's who has that you know elusiveness, um, you can teach him. Like you can teach him not vision, just like hey, knowing when when to pick pick and choose your battles, um, and being like hey, sometimes when even when you do hit the hole, it's going to open up. It's going to open up for you. Stuff is going to happen. Guys are going to miss gap responsibilities. So, um. Also, another important thing to note about Wayne Gallman's season, um, you can thank Jason Garrett for this too, Wayne Gallman faced an eight-plus man box on his rushing attempts, 40% of his mm-hmm. carries. 40! That was second most in the National Football League behind Peyton Barber in Washington, which for most of the year, you know, they, they never they never had, even with Alex Smith, they never had much of a passing game downfield. Um, Damian Harris was third with New England, and of course, if, you know they they didn't have much of a passing game either this year. Yeah, and, that, and so, that's why the 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 idea that oh well Saquon will open things up for the offense as far as like you know like having less guys in the box and stuff that's not true. Like it's not no. true. Like we got we face stack boxes all year. Um, so now here's the bigger conversation about Wayne Gallman because we're all happy with his 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 season. Do you bring him back in free agency? Um, my opinion is if you can do it for like dirt cheap, sure, why not? But actually like making it a priority and spending two, three mil, to me, absolutely not. We've seen. He doesn't work well as the backup. He needs those that those volume yards. In 2018 and 2019, he had 80 carries for 286 yards, 3.5 yards per carry. I mean, he was bad, and he, you know, he fumbled a couple times too in in there. Um, he is a guy who needs the volume. He just doesn't work as a backup. And I've seen like, and you know, the argument against me because I I was never pro golf in these past couple of years. It was like, well, if you give him the opportunity, it's like, well, when you have Saquon on the team, he's not going to get the opportunity, yeah. and he shouldn't get the opportunity. So you have you can't have Saquon on on your team and then spend money having a backup plan at running back. You can't. You have to it's all or nothing. When you draft a guy like Saquon in the first round, it's it's all or nothing. You can't you can't then again invest 
on your backup running back. Your backup running back needs to be making the bare minimum, a mil a year or whatever Gallman gets. So, um, and also, I don't think Gallman's like who's going to be breaking the bank for Wayne Gallman too. Like he had an all right year, but I, I don't think people were noticing Wayne Gallman around the league. No, and, and the 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 thing is, right? We the Giants find finally, finally saw by having a somewhat capable running back in that if you get a running back that is capable, that that running back, even though Wayne Goldman did nothing to impress us in his first couple years, even though he did nothing to impress us, he still performed at a good rate. He still had a pretty good production, which goes to the whole argument that running backs are, you know, they're a replaceable position. So um, nobody is going to break the bank because that's just the way the NFL is going. Nobody's going to break the bank for Wayne Gallman. But even if nobody's going to break the bank for Wayne Gallman, I still don't think it's a smart decision for the Giants to bring him back because, like you said, I 100% agree with you, Bobby. He's not good in that backup role. He's just not. Yeah. I mean, if, if you get him on, like, a one-mil deal, like, fine. But no one's going to give him, like, three to four mil. I just don't see it. I mean, he... Let's look at it. Let's look at it from the outside looking in. Let's let's pretend we're you know you're the you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. You see Wayne Gallman, and you see 682 yards, and you see really not not a receiving threat at all. Like, what GM is going to spend three to four mil on Gallman? Like Gallman could be one of those guys that doesn't even like have a team week one. You know, I don't know. I don't know, but Bob, I don't I don't know about that. Well, because... he will, he'll have a team, but. What if if he if he was like holding out for that con like if he's like no I I need to make three point five mil like I I, just, I don't know who's gonna come pay Gallman for that I I really do think NFL teams do value what you can do despite the circumstances and seeing that Bobby he averaged four point six yards per carry when four out of every ten of his rushing attempts eight plus guys were in the box and I think t- teams do look at rushing yards over expected data. That was, you know, a tip when I when I find that there are new trends and there are not trends, but there are new metrics coming out. I find I'm I'm thinking that oh, this is something that was private that maybe certain NFL teams were looking at. I'm not even talking about the Giants here. I'm just talking about NFL teams in general. This is maybe something that was private that NFL teams were looking at in the past and now it's just becoming public because that's just how, you know, data works in the NFL. Um and he even his rushing yards over expected are a positive, and that was good. Like based off of what was he expected to do from the player tracking data, how many guys were in the box, ex- what Giants formation was, et cetera, et cetera. So I think teams look at that and they can say, you know, we can do something with Wayne Gallman if we give him the carries. Gallman Night Nation, say goodbye, say goodbye. Yeah. Um. Anything else you got on Gallman? No, no. Um. Do we wish Daniel Jones utilized his running backs a little bit more in, in the in the past game? Kinda, but then think about the complaint about Eli in the end of the year. It's like getting he's getting the ball out Correct. to the running backs, getting, and and none of those and Gallman's just not elusive like that, you know. Where it's like he catches yeah. the ball and he's gonna make something happen. Um, you know, it's something we've talked about. Jones likes to check down towards the middle of the field. Make his tight end the checkdown valve, not his running backs. Um, so, and on third down, they usually are keeping the running back in, like that's, which we'll yeah. talk about with Dion Lewis. So, Alfred Morris. So, let's talk about Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris is five foot ten, two hundred twenty-two pounds, thirty-two years old. I mean, we were like, what is this? Like, we're signing Alfred Morris to the practice squad. 
We're like, wouldn't you want a younger guy in the practice squad? Well, yeah. apparently they wanted to play this guy, and they did. He had 55 carries for 238 yards, a touchdown, 4.3 yards per carry, three catches for 19 yards, and one touchdown. Justin, people complained when they'd be like, why did they take Gallman out? Morris was a productive backup at 4.3 yards per carry. Like, he had some really good plays. Like, I get he, he wasn't explosive, he wasn't fast or anything, but I the rotation to me was perfect. I mean, this isn't me just being an Alfredite. Um, like, 4.3 yards per carry for your backup is solid. Like, I, I was fine with that. In fact, I think there's a better chance Alfred Morris is on the team next year than Wayne Gallman. Like, why why wouldn't the Giants bring this guy back in the training camp? He's going to play for the minimum. Why not bring him back in the training camp? Yeah. You know, you can't just rely on a late round or undrafted rookie to be the backup. I don't think Lewis is going to be back. I think Alfred Morris, out of all these guys we're talking about as free agents, has the best chance to be back. Yeah, and especially when we're talking about Wayne Gallman's weakness is not not being efficient and not being successful when he doesn't get a lot of carries. That was not Alfred Morris's issue. He he came in whenever you kind of needed him, whenever you kind of uh, needed a little bit of a gain. Even if you need a little bit of a spark, Alfred Morris kind of provided that. And I said all year, you know, Alfred Morris is so slow that he actually allowed rushing lanes to open up. <laughs> it was so funny to see how effective he was kind of outside the tackle tackles from time to time because he is so slow, he's not going to hit the hole right away, so he's going to allow his linemen to get out in space and do some cool things. So There was a lot yeah, of games I where he had agree. more yards than Gallman, you know, like where he yeah. was the leading run, run, rusher as a running back. Um, had, like, some big, bigger plays, like, out on the edges and stuff. So, um, you know, he had one carry in 2019 for Arizona. Uh, he had 111 in 2018 for the 49ers, averaging 3.9 yards per carry. Um, so, you know, we all, you know... I, I was very surprised they brought him in as as um for for you know the practice squad. We didn't think much of it. It's like oh, that's the practice squad. Um, we had Devonte Freeman at the time, so yeah. But as far as like the complaining about the rotation, I was all in on that. Like it worked. Like the, that rotation worked. You know, he's thirty two. I know he's thirty two years old. <laughs> this dude lasts, man. FAU's finest. Um. He caught a touchdown from Colt McCoy, and you know Colt McCoy gave him a touchdown back in Washington against the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football in like 2014, and I remember clipping that after the Seahawks game. That was a fun moment. I mean, that was the height of Alfredite Nation. Um, next, Dion Lewis. He was brought in as a free agent on a one-year deal, five foot eight, 195 pounds. He's 30 years old now. He's a free agent too. Justin, I like this signing. Like, I, I was a big fan of the Dion Lewis signing. I was like, he'll be the true number. He'll be the number two backup. He's shiftier. He can make plays. He's in the receiving game. He's actually a pretty, de- like, a pretty decent blocker for his size. I like this signing, and I, I, I leave with the kind of like a not feeling great about him. I mean, he he came in in relief for Saquon in that Chicago game because Gallman wasn't active. He had ten carries for twenty yards. So the game where he got his volume, he didn't do anything. Um, after that, he had 29 carries for, or, or he had 19 carries for 127 yards, which is, sorry, I'm, I'm screwing this up Uh, for the season. He had 29 carries, 115 yards, two touchdowns, four yards for carry. But you think about the game where he got actually got carries was Chicago, 10 carries for 20 yards. So in the other games, he had 19 carries for 95 yards, uh, five yards per carry. But a lot of those came on like third and 20 draws. Right. You know, right. Like, so. Like it's it's not as like oh wow look at you know he averaged five 
you know, like I'm not going to spin this into like, wow, look, he had five yards per carry when, uh, when, when, you know, besides one game, you know, it's, it's more of like, like that shit, that kind of proves my point. And he was known as a receiver. Only had 19 catches for 127 yards in a touchdown. Although, although he did have some big catches, uh, I was just disappointed. Like he didn't, he didn't add what I thought he would add. I mean, but he did have some big, like rememberable plays, like the Tampa Bay touchdown. That was a you know great play. Some, awesome. Some third downs versus Washington. Top five. The I think Eagles that Tampa third Bay down throw. I think that Tampa Bay touchdown that he had was is a top five play on the season. I mean, just a combo of awesome ball placement, great throw by Jones, and like yes, that's why we signed you, Deion Lewis. But. See, those are the Dion Lewis plays I remember are like perfectly executed and thrown balls by Jones. Like you have that Tampa one, um, the one against Philly where I did the breakdown of the catch. audible. It's yeah, a tough I mean, catch. It was definitely too. a tough catch, but it was like, you know, it's like what we talk about Golden Tate. It's like, yeah, it's awesome you make these crazy catches, but what sucks is that we have to make the perfect throw to you every time. Um, I have a, I have a take on that. Keep going. Washington. And then Washington, he, I remember he had a, a big third down where they blitzed and they uh, they threw it over his head. You know, yeah. they threw it over the head to him. So, I don't, I don't see him coming back. I mean, I, you know, I, I just, I just don't see what the point would be. Yeah, I, I agree. Especially if we're not going to prioritize getting the ball to our running backs in the receiving game. I, I think that should have been a priority. You know, I don't know how many times we saw Deion Lewis line up as a wide receiver, and then the Giants' definition of pre-snap motion. <laughs> would be motioning in Deion Lewis from a wide receiver to a running back. It's like, yeah, bro, we know you're going to do that. Like, that shouldn't that shouldn't even... Seth Walder shouldn't even count that as pre-snap motion. Like, having Deion Lewis line up as a wide receiver, then motioning in. Of course, the linebacker is going to follow you, and then we're going to think that you're in man coverage, even though you're not. Um, I don't know why they didn't do more Which of what they did started in Washington. Doing. They just like, they're like, just, fall, just have the linebacker follow him no matter what, because we exactly. know they're going to motion him in. And... and, and uh, there's, there was no there was no deception in that. So my whole thing is, you know, we watched what they were doing with Deion Lewis in Tennessee, and you know they would they would have Derrick Henry in the backfield, and then Deion Lewis out was like a wide receiver, and they would be throwing him screens. You know, Giants Giants really didn't even throw That's some why wide I liked receiver him, screens. He, I like the way he was in Tennessee. Yeah, I, and I, so I do think it's part. Yeah, you know, we're a little disappointed in Deion Lewis. We're especially disappointed, I think, in the way that he pass blocked as well. I'm not sure if you touched on that yet, but it was fine. What I mean, do you remember any uh, bad? Bad, bad block. I mean, there was some, but it's like he also was there faced some, like third down blitzes and stuff. Was there some like max protection, or was that only Wayne? Was that only Wayne Goldman that, was that Goldman. allowed? Like, okay, all right. So, um, I'm just disappointed in the way that the Giants didn't, especially after Saquon Barkley goes down, didn't prioritize to use him specifically in the passing game when the passing game was just struggling and there was no yards after there was no yards after the catch. Even if you're you know, utilize the intermediate part of the field with Deion Lewis and, you know, set things up so he is in space naturally. So um, I'm very disappointed in that where the, you know, again, the Giants shouldn't be prioritizing their backup running back. I really think unless they want to change the way that they use their running backs in the, in the receiving game, I don't know if they should be prioritizing their running backs to do anything well spe specifically besides coming in and just spelling Saquon like an Alfred Morris. Because if they're not going to be using these guys in unique ways in the receiving game, then there's no, what's the point of bringing somebody in that has a unique skill set? Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. Um, anything else on Deion Lewis? I told you we go through the running back somewhat quickly. Yeah, yeah, no, just 
disappointed in how it worked out because we were talking before the season like I love the Lewis signing. Yeah, he wasn't gonna uh, you know break or break records, but he could have had an impact, and especially in an offense that needed playmakers. It's just a shame that he wasn't used in any. I thought he was the perfect backup for Saquon. Now maybe he maybe he would have been. Um, but I thought he was the perfect backup for Saquon, um, and it, I mean he was the number two though. Like I mean, I mean go back to Chicago. Wayne Gallman was not active, you know, and he wasn't active yeah. to end twenty nineteen. They had Buck Allen over him. Like it's, you know, you know, like let's give. I know we kind of aren't the biggest Wayne Gallman fanboys, at least I'm not. But kudos to Gallman for kind of shutting people like me up, you know. Yep. Um. So now we did forget one. Elijah Penny, we forgot him. We forgot. I, I I forgot to put him in my notes, but I don't have to write down any stats for Elijah Penny. It's all in the noggin. I was kind of, another guy. I was not a big fan of in the second half of the season when they started running the ball and using power. He was a good blocker. Like I went from like the Giants should go out and get a, a real fullback to like I'm fine if they roll with Penny again um, this season. Now I also would like to see Ben Mason, um, possibly. Uh, you know suit up for the Giants like if they pick Ben Mason in the seventh round or undrafted free agent I would love to see that uh you know because I think he would give us an advantage but if they if if they roll into 2021 with Elijah Penny I'm not gonna be like oh they need to go get a different fullback yeah I agree I agree um fullbacks matter they do do they really really do and I know people like to make jokes about fullbacks like now you shouldn't be doing Mike Allstott fullback dives like I hate the fullback dive but having a good fullback is an advantage. It is. Like, it helps your running game. Like, people, like, laugh at that. But, like, why wouldn't you bring, Why wouldn't you try and, and have a good one on your roster? Why not make that investment like the 49ers right. do, like the Chiefs do? But also, what some of these teams do, this includes, I even think this includes the Bucks too, even though they're not a good running team. But what the 49ers do and what the Titans do well is they pass well out of running formation. So, if you bring in a fullback, right... You know, I'm not. I, fullbacks don't have to be uh, receiving threats like Juszczyk is, but when you bring a fullback in, there should be, there should be somewhat of uh, at least of an illusion on the de- on defense side of the ball. Like, oh, they're bringing a fullback in. This fullback is good. They like to use this fullback in the running game to be a lead blocker. Respect the rushing formation so that if teams do decide to throw the ball out of rushing formations, out of play action or whatever, it's more effective rather than bringing in Elijah Penny in years past where, oh, this guy kind of sucks, so we're going to sell out in the run game because we know he's not going to do anything, so if they run the ball, we'll stop it anyway, but if we throw the ball, we'll be ready for it. Yeah. Well, kudos to Penny for doing, like, really getting a lot better in his blocking. Um, I mean, there's some plays where he blows blows the homie up. Um, so credit, credit to Penny. And maybe we'll try and get Penny on the show. Two years in a row, we've <laughs> had interviews booked with Elijah Penny. And then it comes the times that they do the interview, you can't get a hold of them. It's tough. Maybe maybe it's something about us. <laughs> I think it's more of like he's like, yeah, I'll do it. And then when it comes time to do it, he forgot to do it, and it's like, I don't really want to do an interview. What's the point? Like, and I, I get that feeling. I've had that feeling before. Like, um, so I get it. We get it. Um, that being said, Justin just went like an hour and a half with our friend Brian Colburn on his podcast. So make sure to check. Oh, I loved it though. Yes, please. I know. I, 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 I'm looking forward to listening to that. Um, that's our guy, Brian Colburn. Let me uh, let me get the name of the podcast. Hold on one second. I don't, I don't want to screw it up. You don't know Brian the name? Brian Colburn, 
Yeah, uh, it's called Tune Styles. I was going to say. So Brian Brian Colburn, who has been a follower of us and a listener of Talking Giants for a very long time, I just hopped off. I don't know when he. I don't know when he's putting it out, but keep an eye out. It's called Tune Styles. T U N E S T I L E S. He hosts a music podcast. Um, awesome show. Brian and Jay have two of the smoothest radio voices like I've ever heard. I can listen to them just talk all day. Um, we had a really good, we had like an hour and a half long conversation about kind of like talking giants, bleeding blue, myself, content creating, community building as a whole. And then we uh, flipped it into a music show where we talked like Super Bowl halftime performances. Um, and I even talked about Shania Twain at the end. So uh, stay tuned for that. Looking, it was a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Appreciate it. Um, tweet at me about the Senior Bowl, man. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to being down there. It's going to be fun. Out here in Alabama. Um, so appreciate it. We'll see you guys for a podcast on Friday, but there'll be a lot of content. Simple Man Radio all this week is myself, Justin, and Danny. Um, usually around five, five thirty. So that's that was a lot of I mean the, the episode today was a lot of fun, and it's what my goal for Simple Man Radio is to eventually be. So uh so Simple Man Radio. Um had, had just a great flight, like talking about flights. Like I, maybe the most the hardest I've ever laughed on a podcast, so um we'll see you then we appreciate you guys until then let's go big blue